If you're faint of heart or scare easily, please close your eyes. Channel 11 is giving you one night of the creeps. Creepy creatures, creepy people, creepy primetime features. It's really, really gross. Creeps show one and two. Night of the Creeps and Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Excuse me, the Creeps. Start Monday on Channel 11. You can look now. Matt, we got hold of a VHS tape of a broadcast from WPIX of Creep Show 2. Oh my god, with commercials and all, this is so up our alley. This is something else. We've done things like this before, but when we saw Creep Show 2 on VHS from our favorite TV station growing up, we had to pounce on it. Yeah, I mean, it cost us a bundle, but it was worth it because this was something that, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I remember distinctly watching it, but we both probably did that night, July 1990. The movie came out in 1987, so then thinking, well, this is already a couple years later and you get like a world premiere of Creepshow 2. Maybe not the world premiere. I think it was on cable, but this was well, the Well, let me network. have it. Just let me have the world You're not going to fucking have it. Because, I mean, clearly this thing was on HBO. But it was the network television premiere, at least in the New York, New Jersey area. But, I mean, at the same time, it's hard to picture ABC, NBC getting into, like, a bidding war for Creepshow 2. Especially because it was a little risque in terms of what would be on regular television at the time. Very risque. I mean, this obviously is a TV edit, but as we've established before, a TV edit on, say, NBC and a TV edit on WPIX, (laughs) two different things entirely. (laughs) Definitely. And so this movie, I wouldn't necessarily call it better than the original or anything, but it has its charms. And it also has animated wraparound stories that weave in and out of the live action. Well, I do have to challenge you before you get into the cartoon parts. I think it is way better than the first one. Really? Wow. I actually think that Creepshow 2 is one of those movies that doesn't pop out of anyone's mouths when you ask about their favorite <laughs> 80s horror movie, but it's on everyone's list. Like, it's pretty fucking high up. <laughs> to everyone. You and Larry. <laughs> Come on. Everybody <laughs> loves Creepshow 2. <laughs> but this broadcast was crazy and it had tons of great commercials we're not only going to talk about the movie we're going to talk about everything tonight matt yes and i think i so rudely interrupted you earlier you were mentioning something about the wraparound segments i think oh yeah so the wraparounds the animated wraparounds were really cool because it told a story about this kid who was getting bullied better look out he's getting mad And he was secretly ordering Venus flytrap plants from the back of the comic book to eat his bullies. Kaiju-sized Venus flytraps in the finale of these wraparound animated segments eat fucking cartoon teenagers to death, and they're screaming in agony. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, so we're going to get into it tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast, the Creepshow 2 VHS tape from WPIX. Who's going to kick things off, Matt? Well, the movie is broken down into three segments. We're obviously going to talk about each of them, and I think, if you don't mind, I will start. Woo!
just happens to be the subject of our first nauseating novella, a nasty little bone cracker titled Old Chief Wooden Head. <laughs> All right, the first segment in Creepshow 2 is actually my favorite of them. Let's talk about Old Chief Woodenhead. The best. The best. This is the story of a cigar store Indian. You know, like the big old wooden statues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what fucking magazine article you're reading right now, but could you bring it back to the podcast, please? <laughs> Oh, boy. So this wooden statue, he magically comes alive to avenge the murders of these kindly store owners who were so nice to the Native American community they lived in. Yes. And one of them happened to be, what was his name from Naked Gun? Oh, my God. That's what he's from. Yeah, he's from the Naked Gun. Oh, I knew I recognized him. I, you know, I wasn't invested enough to look him up, but I knew I knew that face. Anyway, this is a wild story. These store owners, they're a cute old married couple, right? They're taking care of the Native American locals, so they're really good people. If you keep supporting these people, we won't have anything to leave to the grandchildren, except good intentions. Well, there's worse things to inherit than good intentions, Martha. And the store is filled with delights. You know there's some old-ass Kool-Aid in there, so I was into it. Oh, there was a lot of stuff in there, yeah. Oh, it was great, yeah. But cutting to the chase, they get handed this very precious tribal jewelry as collateral because they loaned out money to the Native Americans, all well and good. And then three young thugs enter the store, and they kill these people, and they run off with the Native American jewels, Jay. When we came in through the back there, I saw a purse. Go get it, lady. Move, lady, or I'm gonna blow your old man away! It's not a good scene. It was uh, actually really hard to watch. I remember as a child being very upset. If you take these things, stop it! Holy God! As for the thugs, we have a chubby moron, a misguided rich kid, and then a Native American turncoat with luxurious hair, Jay. Right, and that hair is going to take him directly to Hollywood. Hollywood! They run off with the cash and jewels. They are preparing to skip town, and as they do, Old Chief Woodenhead, the cigar store Indian, he comes alive. Yes, he does. Obviously, this is 1987. These are practical effects, but they're so good that I honestly couldn't tell you how they pulled old Chief Woodenhead off. I have no idea, but yeah, it could have been something out of Amazing Stories. It was really well done. Who doesn't love when statues come alive? I mean, I didn't fucking love it in 1990 when it came on Channel 11, Jay. I mean, this shit <laughs> freaked me the fuck out. And even if it didn't, it was about to because old Chief Woodenhead goes on a murderous rampage. No. You're not alive, man. You can't be alive. And it ends with him literally scalping the long-haired Native American turncoat. And then he returns to the store, he turns back to his statue, and he's still holding the guy's scalp. Yeah, and this was the segment that they really cut out a lot from. 
It's a little bit cut, but it's still very, very upsetting. I don't know. Were you, like, scared of this as a kid? Because I was terrified. I didn't like those thugs, man. That wasn't cool that they did that. But they got their comeuppance, as it were. I can't say that a story about a cigar store Indian and his white saviors would fly as easily in 2022, but this was, at least back in the day, my favorite part of Creepshow 2. And I'm surprised you didn't mention the real important stuff in the general store. So there was Bubblicious, Trident, Old Pepsi, Old Doritos, Old Ruffles. That's the kind of stuff you pick up when you fake watching the VHS and actually like put it on Netflix or something. I watched the 4x3 fucking VHS, Jay. All I saw was a big blur. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you mentioned Bubblicious, Jesus Christ, I hope it's Banana Berry Split. Show 2 will return in a moment. Be it cool you find in the state of mind. We're refreshing you too. When things get hot, cool is all you got. Doing it country cool. All right, Jay, since we are between segments, why don't we dive into some of the TV commercials that air during the broadcast? I'm ready to dive. Let's go. One of the ones that stood out for me was that Mountain Dew, Doing It Country Dew commercial. Doing it country cool. Mountain Dew. (laughs) Where you have uh, these teenagers on fucking jet skis and wave runners and shit i swear back then mountain dew was like beer commercials they would just like pitch it as oh if you drink this soda you are an extremely active person you have a lot of muscles and you're having lots of sex (laughs) well you know their advertising campaign didn't really change much over the years because in the 90s it was all about extreme stuff yeah i don't really get it i don't know what about that flavor screams that sort of vibe but whatever On a recent episode, I can't remember if it was on our regular feed or the Patreon feed, you mentioned that Mountain Dew was primarily a Southern thing back in the day. Did you ever hear of Mountain Dew Mouth? Wait, Mountain Dew what? Mouth. Mouth? Yeah. Like, as in, like, the mouth that you eat food with? Yeah, apparently in regions where it was very popular, like in parts of the South, there was this term, Mountain Dew Mouth, which meant that someone drank so much Mountain Dew that their teeth were all fucked up. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, <laughs> Mountain Dew Mouth, like, it was a variety of Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, you know, Mountain Dew Voltage. Oh, God. I thought I was the one who smoked before the show started, Jay. Because <laughs> you accentuated mouth in a different way. I would say, you ever hear of Mountain Dew Mouth? But you said, have you heard of Mountain Dew Mouth? Let me see if I can get it out the way you did. Hey, Jay, you ever hear of Mountain Dew Mouth? Yes! <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, so they had all bagged up teeth, right? <sighs> oh my God. 
Thanks for having my back there, bro. <laughs> you really sold that shit. <laughs> see, now you know how it feels. <laughs> Wait till you see what I have to say about whatever you're going to talk about next. If you're getting pumped for basketball, getting pumped for cross training, getting pumped for tennis, get the full effect of all the new Reebok pumps at Foot Locker, where it all begins. All right, so my commercial is about Foot Locker. Their main focal point at the time was the Reebok pump because what was bigger in the footwear arena than the Reebok pump? The Reebok pump was a sneaker, right? Yeah, it was a sneaker that had a little pump on it because it made you feel like, well, if I play basketball, it's going to make me jump higher. Tennis, I'll be a little bit more light on my feet. I got the cross trainers because I felt like, well, I don't want to shoehorn myself into one sport. Okay, so before you continue, number one, I was fucking with you. Obviously, I know that they're fucking sneakers. I was trying to, like, give it back to you. You just, like, glossed right over it. Number two, you're telling me that there was uh, different pumps for different sports. I actually did not know that. You, you saw the commercial. It had a basketball and a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't understand. Like, I thought those were just decorative decisions. I didn't realize that they... Like a decorative bust. What the fuck could be different about the tennis pump and the fucking basketball pump? You there was me. no difference except the ball. Like, it was just different balls. So it did the exact same thing. Exactly my fucking point, Jay. But so I had the cross trainers, like I said, because I wanted to be a cross trainer, whatever that was. This was like gray, blue, white. It was cooler than the basketball and the tennis one, in my opinion. It was uh, almost kind of like um, new wavy, its color scheme. I had the pumps and I tried them out and they actually did sort of make you feel like something was happening, not necessarily like it was helping you, but there was a feeling that you got when you pumped up and then de-pumped when you hissed out the air. So what was it doing? Was it like um, filling the soul with an extra bounce by shoving some air in there? Like what was happening there? It filled my soul with goodness. It was like chicken soup for the soul. Did you have pumps? Well, I had a love-hate relationship with these sneakers because, I mean, you wouldn't understand this, not just because you had the pumps, but because you were fairly popular in school, I gather, and you were generally shameless anyway. <laughs> I, on the other hand, was probably in the bottom three percentile in class and also completely full of shame. So... Kids like me, my point is, we weren't allowed to wear things like Reebok pumps. The other kids would sniff you out and make fun of you mercilessly. It was like, why would they want me wearing them? I would single-handedly lower their value just by being seen with them, so they had to get them off me. No, that is not the case. Not the case. No, it's totally the fucking case, because I know like, whenever I would wear something fashionable to school, like I would try out like maybe the fucking Cavaricis or some shit, I would hear it endlessly. <laughs> You don't know what it's like to be on the bottom, Jag. It's fucking terrible. It sucks because I was such a fidgeter and the idea that I could have sneakers with a button on them. It was more about the ritual. Up, oh, gotta pump up. Yeah, and I know you must have been like the most ridiculous <laughs> over-pumper imaginable. Any task whatsoever. Anytime you stood up, pump. 
you need help with those Christmas lights over there? Oh, I'll be right up the ladder. Let me just pump myself up. Oh, <laughs> uh, give me one second, brother. <laughs> and now we return to the broadcast premiere of Creep Show 2. You might enjoy this next splintering tale whittled from the same warm wood. <laughs> it's a splashy little ditty about some people who are left stranded without a paddle on a sea of blood. This bubbly bonbon is titled The Raft. Our next segment in Creepshow 2, Matt, is The Raft. Objectively, the best segment in Creepshow 2, or even in Creepshow 1. This is as good as it gets. This really is the selling point for me. Definitely my favorite of the bunch. So a bunch of kids go riding out to this lake where they want to go swimming and have some fun and smoke dope and all that stuff. And I say smoke dope as in, like, I'm an old person in, in the 80s, you know? What are you, smoking dope? I noticed when they were smoking the dope, nobody really does their joints the way they do in 80s movies anymore, where they're super fucking tight. But it's weird because they weren't blowing any smoke out. Well, I mean, the actors couldn't get high right there in the middle of shooting Creepshow 2, Jay. Give them a break. <laughs> this is long before the era of CG smoke. <laughs> this has been a long 50 miles. I don't believe we're going swimming. Why not? So anyway, they go out there and they're goofing off and they start to swim out to this little wooden dock that's in the middle there. It's kind of floating around. A.K.A. a raft for some reason. We're calling that a raft. I guess wooden dock didn't have the same ring to it when they were titling the segment. <laughs> wooden dock. Yeah. <laughs> so they go swim out there and they notice that there's this sort of blackish blob that's in the water and it's kind of just lingering around. So it does start to disintegrate them one by one as it, like, eats them up. Get away from there, Rachel! Don't! Granny! Uh, what happened? What happened to her? Did she fall in? So if you touch this thing, if any part of your body touches this green fucking puddle that's in the lake there, you just immediately get pulled in and it melts you. Yeah, it just like dissolves the kids, right? If you stay in slime too long, you're just going to shrivel up and die. Because if horror and sci-fi movies taught me anything, that must be true. Yet you intentionally surround yourself with slime. Like you look dangerously, <laughs> J.F. Well, look, this is my theory. So... No one ever kept, like, the RGB or TMNT slime on their hands for that long to see if it would dissolve it. Like this, like, when you were a kid and you had that TMNT slime on you, your mom was probably like, Matt, take that shit off your hands, we're gonna eat. I made some macaronis. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I didn't see that coming. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I mean, to be honest, if, I, if I'm keeping it real... When you said RGB, I thought you said RBG. And I'm like, what the fuck does that 
person that died, Ruth Bader. What does she have to do with this? <laughs> and then by the time I finally realized what you said, you threw the macaroni line at me. I made you some macaronis. Besides, Poncho, I don't believe in oil slicks, man. I only believe in what I can smell and taste and touch. <laughs> Did you notice that one of the main kids, he's a real sleazebag, he's out on the raft, and he pulls a joint from his Speedo. And I'm like, there is no way he could immediately light that thing up from his Speedo that he just swam in the lake. Unless, there is one way, but I'm not gonna, I won't go down that road. Well, but you yeah, think he had like a Ziploc? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're halfway there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the yellow Speedo guy, I mean, I actually was wondering, did people wear that? Was that like a casual bathing suit in the 80s? Because, I mean, it was freaking tiny. Well, it wasn't for us. I know I didn't get into that. It's actually illegal for somebody with my particular physique to wear that. So <laughs> that's a no. It's <laughs> a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> oh, Listen, I know Creepshow 2, this is not like Avengers Endgame, but this was a pretty big movie, wide release, the whole schmear. If you study this segment, they got so much out of very, very little. It was just a lake, some crazy kids, and a blob. You and I could create that in a half hour with like household goods. So I was impressed that they did this like really unforgettable segment with very little. Unforgettable is what the raft is. Show 2 will return in a moment. Billy D. Williams talks about Colt 45. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. You want to know why you should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand? You never know when friends might show up. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. I take chances. Colt 45. Every time. We're now ready to view our next set of commercials, Matt. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. And my pick is Colt 45. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> this is a beer. It is a beer. Is it still a beer? I never had it. Yes. Okay, so you can still go get a Colt 45 anytime you want. Exactly. So Billy D. Williams was the spokesman for this Back when we were growing up, and if you put yourselves in our perspectives, I'm going to speak on behalf of both of us, this was Lando, and he had a second life to us because he was in these commercials. He was such an icon, and everyone knew him, like again, he was that suave guy in Star Wars, and now all of a sudden he's a beer guy. You are exactly right. Listen, I am sure Billy G. Williams had a substantial career, but us, us kids and the fucking burbs over here... We knew him from Empire Strikes Back, and then we knew him from Batman. So there was a decade in between where it was just Colt 45. It was a big thing, and it was very much like Elvira was the Coors spokeswoman. Billy D was to Colt 45 what Elvira was to Coors. That's amazing. And he shows up in a series of commercials 
various commercials. At least three distinct, completely different Billy D. Williams Colt 45 commercials in this one broadcast. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. And the, the main one that I love the most is this one that has this theme song to it. And it's just, it's very short, but it has this awesome theme song. That's so fucking good. It's very short and to the point, but it's badass. And like, I think it's so easily forgotten that it needs to be presented on the proper stage of the Purple Stuff podcast. You know, I actually got to thinking, I think this was a 15 second commercial. There must be a longer version out there on YouTube. So as soon as we're done recording, we got to go listen to the Billy D Colt 45 extended mix. Oh, hell yeah. But like, let's be honest. Have you ever spent a better 15 seconds? No. No. I mean, I'd actually put that on par with my best hour. <laughs> There's nothing in the world like Action Park. Only Action Park lets you control the action on over 75 of the wildest, wettest rides anywhere. Like Roaring Springs, the Alpine Slide, the Colorado River, and the world's largest water park. Best of all, Action Park has something exciting for the whole family, and it's just minutes away. Action Park, just a short drive in nearby Vernon, New Jersey. Okay, Jay, let's talk about Action Park. This was New Jersey's most infamous amusement park. Very dangerous, very evil. <laughs> yes, I just recently watched the Class Action Park documentary. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I saw that. So it tells a story about how this place was so dangerous and so badly run, or at least loosely run, that injuries were expected when you went there. And even outright death wasn't out of the question. None of that is embellished because when we were all kids, this was the legend it had. My parents would not let me go to that. Like, my sister was allowed because she was older, but I was not allowed to go because I was too young. Hell fucking no. And actually, I talked to my brother about it this week because I knew we were going to bring it up on the pod. And he said, if anything, the dock undersold how seedy it all was. Yeah. Everyone was drunk or high or both. Everyone was looking for fights or hookups. It was just bedlam over yeah. there. <laughs> And you catch that when you look up Action Park on YouTube and you see old home movies that are not edited in any way. Even something as simple as like a river where everyone's lounging in pool tubes. They are so packed together that it's like just phenomenally dangerous. And they're on a river of slime. On a river of slime. <laughs> I mean that in the grossest way possible. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Real fucking disgusting place. It really was a sleazy place. Just to give everyone an example of like how extreme this was, there was a water slide that was a whole ass roller coaster loop. Like you would go upside down in a water slide. Right. And if like just looking at the thing, you would say nobody could do that without dying, but they actually did send people down it sometimes. It's a little bit of a, a false advertising because they always say, so close to New York. That really, like it would take over an hour for me to get there. <laughs> Come on. Good old Vernon, New Jersey. Yeah, they like to pitch to the Yorkers in those ads. It shouldn't be surprising, though. Back me up here. I know you will. New Jersey amusement parks in the 80s, like, they were pretty uniformly sketchy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I went to Kids World. This was a kid-targeted amusement park with a water park component. A staffer sends me down a water slide, and two seconds later, I get hit feet first by this giant woman. 
Like, I'm fucking six. <laughs> oh, shit. So, and that's Kids World. So, imagine what was going on at Action Park. All these places. I mean, there was, you know, the Haunted Mansion burned down, a great adventure. The fact that so many of these amusement areas in New Jersey actually died by fire tells you all you need to know. <laughs> it's like, I would say a good 79% of them went down in flames. <laughs> This presentation may contain language and scenes which may be objectionable to certain individuals. Viewer discretion is advised. And now we return to the broadcast premiere of Creep Show 2. I think we've got time for one more creepy concoction. Our last morbid masterpiece, which I call the Hitchhiker. <laughs> All right, Jay, we're up to the final segment in Creepshow 2, and this was called The Hitchhiker. Yes. Going to be honest, I wasn't really looking forward to diving into this because I grew up thinking it was pretty weak compared to the other two. But now that I've seen it again, man, it's pretty great. I was never a huge fan of it either, but yeah, it's, it's a lot better, I think, when you get older. It's also up against two gold standards over there. You have a cigar store Indian reanimating himself to fucking go kill people, and you have a slime monster eating people in a lake. And then you have this about a hitchhiker. So it's <laughs> stiff competition. But let me get through the plot. It's pretty simple. You have this kind of shitty woman. She's having an affair. I got to stop you. The way they described this on uh, Wikipedia, she's an adulterous Mainer businesswoman. And I was like, what's a Mainer? And I realized she's from Maine. Oh, is that what they meant by Mainer? You see, I read the plot synopsis there too. In fact, pretty much everything I'm about to read is just a rewrite of it. So, <laughs> okay, sorry, you know, I'm fucking around, I'm fucking <laughs> around. So on this drive where she's trying to rush home before her husband gets back, she runs over and presumably kills a hitchhiker. And knowing that her affair would be outed if she stopped and dealt with it, she just drives off. And she spends that ride trying to convince herself that she can live with the guilt, you know, figuring out if she could deal with this. And then, wouldn't you know it, the hitchhiker keeps appearing, still trying to get a ride, even though he's all mangled from the car wreck, basically like a zombie. Yeah, he's like a zombie guy who got hit by a car. Right, and then it ends up being this sort of like horrific Looney Tunes cartoon because it keeps happening, and in the end she just completely destroys him. Like she's railing him against a tree with the front of the car. Who the hell is he Christ? And still, when she gets home, he's still there. Now he's just completely a fucking mess. And he kills her by wrestling her while apparently the garage fills with smoke and she dies by carbon monoxide poisoning. WPIX is not very clear on that. They cut away pretty early, but I that is what I was going to say, yeah, they cut that <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> I always felt 
even as a kid, if you saw like the uncut version, you could make the argument that the hitchhiker never actually reappeared and that he was a manifestation of her guilt right. that led to her taking her life. I don't know. Is that like something you may have gotten? Yeah, that's actually how I used to think of it. What struck me most about seeing the WPAX version cut up as it was is that they still left some seriously gory shit in there. I mean, of all the segments that they showed of the three Creepshow 2 segments, this was the one where I was like, I cannot believe this was on network television. This one was definitely crazy. That guy, the hitchhiker at the end, he... What's that fucking melting gift guy? Is that Tarman? Who am I thinking of? Yeah, Tarman. He looks like Tarman, but even worse. Tarman is like a fashion model compared to this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Tarman times 10, and it's right there on fucking Channel 11. That's wild. This is not supposed to be about infidelity, Matt. This one was clearly about auto safety, and you can't be a menace on the road because this is not Death Race 2000. I can't argue. I mean, if she was a better driver, none of this bad shit would have happened. There's a lesson for you, kiddies. Never pick up hitchhikers on the hood of your car. <laughs> Creepshow 2 will return in a moment. From Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment, the danger is beginning. Ah! His body looked all chewed up. The fear is starting. <laughs> the terror is multiplied. These are the soldiers. I hate to see the general. And the horror is no longer out there. You're like little vampires. Ah! It's here. Where are you? Arachnophobia. Ah! Rated PG-13. Now playing at a theater near you. All right, Jay, it's time for our final commercial break before we get to the ending and wrap this up. I think I'm going to go with the TV spot for arachnophobia. I love arachnophobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, matter of public record that I adore this movie. I'm also well acquainted with its many trailers and TV spots. There is something different about this one. It is by far the scariest arachnophobia promo there ever was. Yeah, it's definitely very horror-based. Well, I mean, to me, this was very clearly a special edit that they only aired during horror movies and adult programming. There is no way you were going to see this during an ABC sitcom at 8 o'clock. There's just no way. No, because it was too frightening. This is a 30-second spot. It showed everything from the giant spider attacks to the blood-drained corpse that looked like a prune, which I don't recall being in any other TV commercial for this movie. It was almost like level of American Werewolf in London. Exactly. And usually in an arachnophobia commercial, you got like the clip from the shower scene. So I'm watching this again, and I'm just stunned that it got cleared for network TV. Dumbfounded, as it Dumbfounded, were. Dumbfounded, yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess it shouldn't be, because this was, after all, WPIX. Would you say that Arachnophobia is one of your favorite horror movies? No, but it's a, it's a movie I very much like. I think it's still very effective because it was completely practical. It cannot lose its impact ever. I mean, there are fucking spiders all over the movie. So if you're creeped out by spiders, you're going to be creeped out by Arachnophobia. Yeah, I'm not creeped out by them. I just think they're gross. God, you just, you just never will show ass, Jay. That's the thing. <laughs> 
M is for the Bates Motel I gave him. O is for my one and only boy. T is for the times I sat up waiting. H is for my heart time can't destroy. E is for my endless love and caring. R is for the right girl he'd enjoy. Put it all together, it spells... Little Norman, he's my pride and joy. Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. Thursday and Friday at 8. All right, so the commercial that I picked was for a consecutive night showing of Psycho 2 and Psycho 3 on WPIX. Thursday night, Friday night, it's a Psycho Marathon. What I loved about it is that it planned out my next two nights for me. I'm like, this is amazing. I don't have to come up with my watch schedule for the next two nights. Oh, I totally hear you. Listen, WPAX, there was a movie virtually every night at 8 o'clock. The only time there wasn't is when there was like a ball game on. Psycho 2 and 3 were like perfect background watches because they were a little bit schlockier than the first one, you know, because the first one's classic. But I've always been a fan of the entire franchise. I know you are. And I think actually you're also a fan. Is there a fourth one? I feel like you've talked about that. Four is my jam. It's like everybody knows that like I am the number one fan of Psycho 4. I'm glad you picked this because this was a standard WPIX horror promo and WPIX didn't just show these things during the Halloween season. This was like an all year thing. This is fucking July and there are Psycho 2, Psycho 3. There was a promo for The Howling. We're watching Creepshow 2. There were a lot of horror movies going on on WPIX. And this one was like doing a, uh, what was what's it called? Like an acrostic, like an acrostic poem type thing where they're going through mother and they're spelling out mother. M is for the Bates Motel I gave him. O is for my one and only... Acrodo- you're pulling out some words here tonight. I don't know what the hell that means, but yes, they're going through, they're spelling out mother, right? Yeah, it's like an acrostic. When you uh, take each letter of the word... Wait, it's a lacrosse stick? What the fuck no, are you not talking lacro- about? not lacrosse stick. Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. Thursday and Friday at 8. All right, Matt, we've come to a very satisfying conclusion, much like the movie Creepshow 2 did as well. I love it when we can do shows like this, and I hope we captured the vibe of what it was like to watch something like this on network TV when you're a fucking kid. I think we, were, we weren't even in middle school at this point, so yeah, we were little children. Yeah, it really is a throwback to be able to say that we're able to see these broadcasts now. It, it is a trip, so I'm glad we are able to take a trip back in time and go through these scenes and commercials. It was awesome. Very much so. We got to picture ourselves on a couch with the old ratty family blanket, box of wheat thins, Creepshow 2. Maybe a bag of Doritos. Creepshow 2 is more of a Doritos night. I ain't disagreeing. I was just trying to mix it up. <laughs> Doritos come up very often on the podcast. <laughs> All right. So I figured, why don't we teach each other a fun fact about the movie? We each came to the table with one. All right, I'll admit openly that I kind of just swiped mine from IGB, so I hope you didn't read it. The Creeper in the movie, he's mostly animated, but at the start and at the very end, he's live action. And I think he's played by Tom Savini, who also played him in the original version, right? Mm -hmm. I read on IMDB, at least there was a rumor that Nicolas Cage was actually considered for that role. Nicolas Cage, really? Yeah, and even as it's coming out of my mouth, it seems like one of those bogus trivia bits that someone just managed to sneak through the filters over there. 
Nicholas Cage? Would have, wouldn't he have been like 16? No, definitely not. I mean, he was in his late 40s in that. Now he's like, he's old, man. Well, he still looks good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know how old he was. Well, that's what IMDb trivia. No, but you're right though, because that whole Nicolas Cage thing, it could be like the Chuck Norris thing where like people would just bomb uh, YouTube or anything and it'll say Nicolas Cage should have been in this movie. Absolutely. They'll bomb YouTube with that. (laughs) All right. So my fun fact for you is about the hitchhiker. The character who played the woman who cheated was originally supposed to be played by Barbara Eden who was Jeannie on I Dream of Jeannie, but she dropped out due to an ill family member. Wow. So the funny thing is, you could totally see her pulling that off. For me, Hitchhiker would be my favorite segment then. The woman who did play her, she was, uh, I can't remember her name, but she did plenty. She was very famous, but I don't think she had that kind of like pop culture grabber attention that fucking Jeannie would have. What if the zombie guy who she hits was Larry Hagman? Larry Hagman, is that the fucking uh, big guy from Naked Gun? <laughs> Larry Hagman, who the hell is that? J.R. Ewing. Oh, God. Jay, you're the only person <laughs> anywhere near our age who watched Dallas. <laughs> For Christ's sake. <laughs> well, he was in I Dream of Genie. Duh. <laughs> You're also the only person anywhere near our age who watched I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> oh man, come on! You don't want uh, you don't want an I Dream of Jeannie around just to like blink her eyes and nod her head, and then whatever you want just comes true. As I recall, as a child, that was one of the shows, the uh, you know repeated sitcoms that were in syndication. But it was like at one thirty in the afternoon, so you had to be homesick from school to catch Genie. Yeah. <laughs> Am I doing that, or is that the Price Is That's Right? That's the music? Price Is Right. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of blend together. That's it. Good piece of trivia there. I hope you weren't making it up. No, that's for real, yeah. If you believe these bits, we almost had a creep show too with Nicolas Cage and fucking, what's her face, Barbara Eden. That's this amazing. Is true. It's all true. All of it. Outstanding. Yeah, man. Good times here on our creep show 2 WPIX VHS tape. What a time. And really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. We want to remind you we are on Patreon. That is patreon.com. Slash purple stuff. So many good shows going up there. Our bonus shows once a month. And what's our most recent one, Matt? Actually, when we were finished with our most recent one, which was sort of a Halloween 2022 candy preview. Yeah. I have to say, I was like, damn, this is good enough to go on the main feed. So not to pat ourselves on the back, but it was a pretty good bonus show. (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of fun on there, so definitely check it out. But again, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 
Up next on the Channel 11 News at 10, this is a potential Zodiac night. We'll have the latest on special police squads on alert tonight to a possible fifth Zodiac shooting. We'll go live to the West Side Highway after today's choking fire, which brought traffic to a standstill. We'll hear from the homeless who live under the highway. And we'll look at the possibility of any other fire situations there. And we'll find out what's being done to get the homeless out of the West Side Shantytown and into legal shelters. Also tonight, the story of a huge crime family bust and details of Washington's scheme to take away one of our tax breaks. Our cover story tonight is a black and white issue, how the black media and the white media beg to differ in their coverage of the Central Park Jogger trial. All that plus the alien rings of England and a review of Navy SEALs. And tons and tons of takeout menus, tons of them.